Cuba, Russia, America, makes no difference. Shaw's declared war on mankind, on all of us. He has to be stopped. I'm not going to stop Shaw. I'm going to kill him. Do you have it in you to allow that? You've known all along why I was here, Charles. But things have changed. What started as a covert mission, tomorrow mankind will know that mutants exist. Shaw, us, they won't differentiate. They'll fear us. And that fear will turn to hatred. Not if we stop a war. Not if we can prevent Shaw. Not if we risk our lives doing so. Would they do the same for us? We have it in us to be the better men. We already are. We're the next stage of human evolution. You said it yourself. No, no. Are you really so naive as to think that they won't battle their own extinction? Or is it arrogance? I'm sorry? After tomorrow, they're going to turn on us. Or you're blind, Ted, because you believe they're all like Moira. And you believe they're all like Shaw. Listen to me very carefully, my friend. Killing Shaw will not bring you peace. Peace was never an option. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse! Dun, dun, dun. Well, we finally made it back to X-Men. It's been a long time coming. We said we were going to do this like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and we didn't. Well, thank you all for your patience. Life got in the way a couple weeks ago, and then we had no choice but to maintain our current calendar because there's no way that we weren't going to do Black Panther and Black Panther Wakanda forever back to back. But now we're here. The last X-Men movie that we watched was probably about two months ago. Probably more than that since we actually recorded that it. That long ago for Wolverine? Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the calendar on our wall right now. That episode came out on September 22nd. So, okay, just shy of two months. Holy moly. Doesn't feel like it. And, I, I mean, I can definitely say that since we watched the last movie of the original trilogy, it's been quite some time. But uh, I think we've all been pretty excited to get around to this one. You guys, there's a reason FX shows this movie 24 hours. <laughs> you think they still do? Yes, because it's good and it holds up. It really does. Like, honestly, even knowing the the somewhat uh, misguided direction that they took the X-Men reboots, this movie stands alone. Well, and I it think stands Days of- strong. Well, Days of Future Past, yes. Uh, but that was like kind of... Uh, after that, they like were panicking, and the 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 promise that Matthew Vaughn brought to the X Men series. This Is that was, who did this one? Yeah, I want to say what it's been like. At this point, it was like four, five or six, five years, I think, since X Men: The Last Stand came out. So I don't know what public discourse is like around the X Men movies. I didn't see this for a long time. I didn't see it when it came out. I think. You showed it to me. I recall we like did like kind of a marathon of I, the X-Men movies. I mean, I didn't see it when it came out either. You saw um, it on FX. <laughs> I did. Um, and I think I, did, I missed the beginning of it. So I'd like seen most of it. Um, and then another time I watched like the whole thing. Like I think also on FX. And then finally got like the 
like a online version, probably illegally watched it. We were definitely watching that shit on like Project Free. Well, I mean, Free even before, before that. that. If any of you guys remember ProjectFreeTV.com or any of those like sketchy malware ridden movie Project. streaming sites. Look, I had a Mac. She was fine with those Bullet, Bulletproof. Bulletproof. Honestly. <laughs> Got us through a lot of college. Um, but yeah, we're really excited to to move into this new era of X-Men. For now. For now. Um, yeah, I mean, this movie also is like really heavy. Yeah. Like way heavier than the originals, I would say. Totally. So for me, like, I think the first time that, or honestly, maybe even the last time that I saw First Class, which was probably in like 2015 when I saw it for the first time. We haven't watched this again since doing this for the pod. Um, I hadn't seen Kingsman, The Secret Service yet. And this is the same director. And knowing that, I'm like, okay, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. Not as like silly? No, not as silly. But the Kingsman did like... There were similar things. Well, one, like, there were a couple of scenes. Like, less anal sex jokes? Less anal sex jokes, for one. That's, yes, clearly an obvious uh, plus, I would say, for this over Kingsman. But I would also argue that, like, Kingsman balanced, like, it it had, like, some serious stuff and, like, like, surprisingly, like, dark and violent moments mixed with, like, yeah, Kingsman got real goofy. This one never got as goofy. But in moments like the training montage at the X Mansion, uh, I like saw a lot of that DNA there. And Matthew Vaughn did Kingsman right after he did this. That was his next movie. That really? came out three years after this. I feel like Kingsman is way more recent than this movie. No, no, not well. I mean, you know, three years could be a long time in Hollywood, but all things considered, <laughs> Hollywood, baby. Hollywood, yeah. <laughs> um, I I actually feel like this movie has doesn't have that much uh, like fight scenes and stuff. Like it's a relatively, um, I don't know what the word is there, but it's a lot of setup and like not in a bad way. Like I don't miss like the constant like okay now we're gonna fight a bad guy. Like it was a lot of um, yeah like prep. Yeah, it was cool that they didn't feel the need to shoehorn that in. Because clearly, um, I don't know who wrote this. I don't think Matthew Vaughn wrote it. But they knew what story they wanted to tell. And we were kind of talking about right after the movie ended how, like, this was originally intended to be, like, I think, for the most part, a full reboot. I mean, not everything. You know, Hugh Jackman's still in here making a cameo appearance. But they, they had plans for these versions of the characters so... It was definitely good that they, you know, no matter how the series ended up turning out, they were willing to take the time that they needed to, to set it up and not, yeah, throw a bunch of action sequences in for the sake of it. And what they lacked for, like, fight scenes, you know, you still had, like, exciting moments, like, when they were training and, you know, like, when Sebastian Shaw, like, attacked that secret CIA base. That wasn't really a fight scene, you know. Right. But it was an action set piece. And they, they did those sparingly and... I the the last you know we just watched another movie that had a uh, third act climax fight scene on the water involving ships and I gotta say this one does it a lot better. 
Also, like, I'm very impressed with how well, like, the CGI and stuff holds up in this movie. Yeah. For me, there were, like, a couple moments. It was, it was really, it wasn't the CGI for people. It was, like, the green screen when, um, what's his name, was, like, flying and stuff. And that's hard to make look Ban- good. Banshee. Banshee. But the actual mutants themselves look really good. Yeah. I mean, th- nothing, stood out, nothing stood out to me, but I'm also less observant of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't have, like, said anything about it. But, like, there was, like, one part that I was like, yeah, well. But, like, for that, I don't even think movies now have quite figured out how to make that look natural. Um, but, yeah, it starts out with um, 1944, uh, the Holocaust, which they do talk about in the original series, and I think it was smart of them to do the whole story with this in the background of Eric. I mean, Eric has the most, like, horrifying origin story. It's what makes him such a good villain because it's, like, everyone's, like, I kind of get it, (laughs) like, where he's at and the choices he makes. Like, I just don't think there's – I've never seen it portrayed better, Yeah, a villain. Yeah, no, they they give him so much rationale for him to do what he does, and they never, like, ask him to, like, you know, he's he's never, he's never straying from, like, his his path. It's, and they, they, they don't really try to tell you one way or the other, like, I mean, obviously, Magneto is, like, the villain of the series. I definitely but, think they try and tell you. Yeah. And I'm talking they, more Michael Fassbender's Magneto than... Ian McKellen. Definitely, definitely. I like, you know, really, Magneto's not the villain of this movie until like the last. I would I say would he's say, the villain like, at all. 20 minutes. Like, I just meant overall. Yeah, yeah. Like, this I, is his setup. I think the longer that this, like, whatever you want to call this series for the X Men, I mean, is it right to call it like the prequels? It's not even. Because it, yeah. it ends up being like a reboot series, like eventually things get too different. I, I think prequels with like apocalypse is and stuff. definitely appropriate. I almost think that apocalypse like, is so prequel. Yeah, but I just mean because it's like not what happened like in the main story, like that like they change the timeline, so it's like yeah. you know it blurs the lines of like what's a prequel or not. But they like revisit the Magneto stuff, and I feel like it gets to be like a bit much, like in the later movies. Like I, th- I think his like, like whole family gets killed, and then he like goes back to like the concentration camps and like destroys it with his powers. Like going back to the well too many times. Yeah, it was like they they did it really like yeah you know I think I'm gonna like really hold that until like we watch the rest of these because I might just be remembering it kind of negatively, but I'll just ignore that for now and just say that they did a really good job of it in this film. Also, Michael Fassbender's hat. That is, it is known. It is known. Also, (laughs) facts about Michael Fassbender. Good actor, hot, fucking horrible agent besides these movies. Yeah. He he has nothing good going for him right now. Like, it was all downhill once he did Assassin's Creed. I'm like, why? You can do so much better, man. Do you think that's on Mike? I don't know. I don't know who's responsible, but, like, he did that, and then he was like, his big franchise thing after X-Men ended was, like, doing the Alien movies, which, like, haven't really been great recently. He should do 
dramas. I saw him in a drama, I think, and he, he was really good he in it. He does smaller stuff. It's just like for a while there, it really seemed like he had the potential to be like really big and never quite. I would say like he reached it and then he couldn't really keep it up. I'm, yeah, not meaning to discount everything. He's done a lot of good work. Like, I know he was in he was in 12 Years a Slave, and he was in one of the Steve Jobs movies. But right. But, like, you know, it's really, it seems like it's been hit or miss. I guess he's busy uh, racing cars now. Is that what he, he does? He does that, too, so. <laughs> well, I mean, either way. Oh, yeah, he was in Jane Eyre. That's what I was oh, okay, remembering. Okay. Yeah, it, he just seems like someone that, um... Deserves to be in more big stuff, but. Um, yeah, so we we get this, like, I think a really great dichotomy at the beginning here of just how these two men grew up. And they, like, even say it when they show Charles's house. And Eric is like, oh, it must have been so hard living here. Um, and it's just, like, done really well. And I... During this rewatch, I was really paying attention to Raven slash Mystique. That's kind of who I was thinking about the most in watching this. And I got to say, I don't love it. Uh, Like, I think, well, if they're trying to reconcile these movies with the original trilogy those characters are not the same. It's not even worth looking at it through that lens. But, like, it is because they do link these movies together. But, like, to me, it's not for this because that's not what Matthew Vaughn was intending. He, like, wasn't looking at those as, like, a framework for this as a prequel. He was just telling this story. But I think other people work well. Yeah. But, like, I just feel like... I feel like that's kind of like by circumstance or happenstance because then he did this, decided to go do Kingsman, and then Brian Singer like came back in and they were like, let's do this now. There, That was not originally the plan. There was supposed to be a trilogy. Like you said, there was supposed to be another movie with these characters and then Days of Future Past yeah. as like the big climactic finale. I'm just saying, like, she's portrayed as a fucking stone-cold, like, bloodthirsty killer, like, spy in the original series, which is super badass, and And it would have been cool to see how she came from this confidant of Charles to that, and I think they, I think that it was, like, nudging in that direction but i would have liked to have seen like a real turn for her yeah and i think they do it a little bit later on but i don't know and like they have this line where he says like you'll never have to steal again which does feel like a direct reference to the original series because that's mostly what she's doing she's like getting into places and like stealing stuff like information or whatever like she she's basically a spy Mm -hmm. um and I don't know, I just, I wanted more from it. And when I thought about Jennifer Lawrence's portrayal in the past, I was always like, I like her. But watching it this time, I'm like, I think she's like weak. Well, yeah, it's like when I, when the movie first started, I was like, casting is on point. And that's, I think that's true for James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Nicholas Holt. Well, and 
I think she does like the young na- naivete really well. Yes. It's when she needs to be like angry and powerful that I think she came off weak. Yeah. And then like unfortunately, I think a lot of people for for whatever it's worth, like they liked her in this. And then as the series went on, it kept feeling like they were like they were including her character for the sake of like Jay Law's star power. Right. And I think she was even getting like less interested as yeah. time went on. Like my my favorite thing to see is like the comparison of the the you could say masterful like uh, makeup work yeah. for Mystique in this movie, and then go watch uh, Dark Phoenix, and it's just like it's night and day. Someone stopped caring. Maybe the makeup person. Yeah, it, I mean, it almost looks like a latex costume. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I I think I, I liked her for seventy five percent of it. Me too. But when she's supposed to be changing, I don't. It's buy not it. coming across. I mean, yeah, I don't buy it. There, yeah, I I found like a lot of the. Um, Supporting actors in this were were a little little rough. Um, really, I mean January Jones for me was like for for a lot of it she was fine, um, but for there was oh shit I, I should remember it. There was like one line that she said like towards the end of the movie where I was like that wasn't. She has a very interesting cadence. Yeah, and like the way I, she yeah, speaks even, in general. I don't even know if I would say it's bad. It's just yeah. Um, I I mean I liked her overall. Me too. Um, but yeah, there there was like, she seemed like not very, like there wasn't a lot happening like emotionally, but almost like, I guess, intentionally. Yeah. Kind of a stoic person. But, um, yeah, like Eric gaining, that was the other thing I was thinking about a lot was like, obviously this is like a coming of into his own story for Eric more than. More than Charles, like... Yeah, I Charles is, like... This is painted as, like, oh, we're getting, like, you know, the school and, like, Dr. X, but it's really, like, about creating Magneto. Yeah. And this, like, first scene when he's a kid and, like, him, like, engaging in his power, he goes from, like, literally zero to 100, and it's... I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't really think about it like that. It is this is Magneto's uh, villain origin story. Also, like my, I did not even realize this, or at least I don't remember realizing it when I first saw it. Like the direct juxtaposition between Eric and Charles for like the first like several scenes of the movie, like just cutting back and forth very clearly. To, like, oh yeah, I he's, know you hate it when they cut back and forth like that. No, You're I like, like I just it for this one. Scene. Wrong. No, not all the time. Wrong. Because, like, they did it really well in this. Yeah. I, I just don't recall, like, I don't know how I didn't notice, but, like, when when uh, Eric is, like, having the beer with, like, the escaped Nazis in Argentina, and then it cuts back to Charles, like, Doing pounding, like, this giant thing yeah. in a pub and, like, flirting with people. It's so... And we like Eric more when we first meet oh, both of them. I mean, this... Which I think is really interesting. This movie paints... Charles in like a pretty not great light because he's like doing only in the beginning. Well, I think he's like doing good things, but like, no, like throughout, like when he's like, they're just following orders. Well, yeah. And he's like on board with, uh, the, the kind of like cure for Raven. Like he's very much like, and he, that continues throughout these movies. Like he's kind of casually an asshole to his friends Oh, definitely. because he doesn't realize it. But I also mean like we get to see him be like a teacher and like, yes, teach them how to like, 
be one with like their powers and stuff. So like I don't think he's like a bad person the whole time. It's not that. It's like no, he's like a good person, but it's really easy to see like why like Raven kind of like moves away from him just because he he's casually no, like, he's an asshole. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I expected <laughs> he's better very from you. Like, ego, like yeah, very much like self-important. Hoity toity. Yeah. Like we must we must have decorum and but like he doesn't really you know at the beginning he's not conducting himself like that so no it's just like a really interesting insight into their dichotomy and like when I think about um, comic book like hero villain relationships you know the the Batman Joker thing like I struggle with that because it's like well he could just kill the Joker and have this be done with so he would never he would, kill would Eric never, no exactly and like so this. This and Eric works, could never kill him. This works way better because they know. they know that. Like they will always fight, but it makes sense for that to happen. They way have more so for much me. respect for each other. I love it. The shared history. Yeah, they they understand each other's goals. They're they in love with each other. Yes. Um, I sweet sweet unrequited love. No matter what, I always think about Harry Potter when I think about uh, X Men and like Dumbledore versus like Doctor X. Like, there's just so many similarities, including like kind of an asshole, but like is the most powerful person in any room and knows it. Yeah, um, and that's part of the problem. And like just how he, how Dumbledore interacts with like what we presume um, Grindelwald, and then also even a little bit Voldemort. Like, I think there's a lot borrowed there, and I. I love it. And X-Men is also just, like, an evergreen, like, representation of, like, political struggle. Yeah. You and can put it in any lens. It works so well, which is why, like, all the all, all the shitheads out there that are like, oh, why are we making these movies political? It's like, well, X-Men has always been, it's, like, a portrayal yes. of that, of that like, divide and that struggle to, like, yeah, no, it's just, it, it always is relevant. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that the original trilogy was really an allegory for, like, being queer, and then this series really brought it back to its original roots about, like, being Jewish and racism in general. So, and then, I mean, they, like, carry it out again back, I think, into that, like, uh, queerness later on. Days of Future Past, I think, leans into that a lot, too. Yeah, because even this, like, you know, being set, like, with... They don't they don't touch on it too much directly, but like the background of like the civil rights era, like yeah. that whole movement because it's in the sixties. Um, yeah, yeah I not mean, enough. They don't, <laughs> but like they they were already doing what they were doing. Yeah. I guess, but um, quick question: Is this like a is this also Nightcrawler the guy the guy in red? It's not Nightcrawler, but they. I'm assuming that the comic versions of these characters must have some relationship because yes he has the, the exact same power and does and the a smoke thing yeah so yeah. i think he is night a night crawler yeah some sort of maybe a uh like the classic like mere villain i'm gonna look it up while we talk but well it's interesting that like for the most part we don't see a lot of duplicate mutants yeah. Um, but some of them do obviously have shared powers. Like there, we've seen different versions of telepaths. Mm-hmm. Like so, like at least three. Um, and then like the Nightcrawler, and then there's like just other like kind of crossovers. I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, in the comics, in the comic continuity, Azazel, 
was Nightcrawler's father, and Mystique was the mother. Ooh. Hence the hence the blue. Uh, very interesting. Oh yeah, and the markings are kind of like that's interesting. I have extremely tenuous grasp of X-Men comics continuity. I feel like there's so much. As if the movies weren't confusing enough. I'm sure that X-Men comics don't follow one uh, no storyline. That's just like also like my genuine hope for the whatever new X-Men we get is like just like fucking loaded up with X-Men. You know, like let's go crazy. I know there's so many out there. I know like 12 of them from the movies. Part, <laughs> that's partly why I'm like nervous about X-Men entering Marvel. It's like it's so much. Also like Magneto, what what would that would be such a great, you know, villain for Marvel, but then like what would Marvel do with a villain like that? Yeah, I They no wouldn't idea. know what to do with him. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, it's going to be a long time before we see any of that. I know. But uh, I'm just I, saying. like, do they even do Magneto or do they just like not? There's... I don't think they could is what I'm saying. Yeah. But like, then it's like, I don't want X-Men without my boys. Well, honestly, to start anyway, <laughs> it might be for the best if they don't even try. If they don't even try to retread that ground. Because for all the mistakes that these series made, like that was like a key part that they did very well in all of the movies. So hope they look at that and they're like, well, let's, you know, if we're going to establish the X-Men again, give it a bit of time, you know, for the same reason that they, I hope that, I know that Wolverine's coming back for Deadpool, but that's different. You know, I hope that they wouldn't yeah, just like different. redo those characters again when there's like, as far as I understand, a plethora of characters that have never been on screen that people like. I so. mean, the thing that they always fall back on with Magneto in these series is that they make him his glass prison, which... <laughs> It's always, like, the way to keep him alive, but keep him as, like, not a threat if they don't want him to be. Yeah, so. classic. Um, speaking of Magneto, I love how many languages Eric speaks. Oh, yeah. He's a, what do they call it? What's the word for someone that can speak a lot of languages? A polyglot. Yes, of course. Yes, naturally. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, in general, love his little quest at the beginning and how it feels so separate than everything else that's going on. Yeah, he's Nazi hunting. Just one. Yeah. Well, he kills some other ones in the process. Yes. Everybody loves a Nazi hunter. Uh, very good stuff. Um, I love the the scene at the the bar in um, Argentina. Just a big fan. And, like, the whole thing about, like, Nazis fleeing around the globe. It's, it's interesting that this came out the same year as Captain America, the first Avenger. Uh, just, That's wild. Yeah. They don't feel... This movie really feels timeless. Yeah. I, yeah, I would I would agree that uh, Captain America does not, but it, it kind of but did intentionally that on, it did that on purpose. Yeah, they were going for very different things. Um, I also like that Eric can hold his own without his powers. Even yeah, he's just an intimidating guy. He could have like killed those guys without using. Yeah, but where's the fun in that? Well, right, but I'm just saying like he's great. Yeah, he is. <laughs> also, like not a big part, but. I pointed him out when he was... I don't even remember his character's name. Uh, the actor Glenn Morshauer, he plays, like, every military guy in every movie and TV show ever. He's the guy that's, like, working with Sebastian yeah, Shaw and is like, give me my money or I'm going to pull this grenade up. He's just in everything. He's in 24 a bunch, which I remember very, very dearly. Uh, he's also a voice in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, and that will also... Like, every time I hear him talk, it just goes back to that. Core memory. He looks like on that stand-up Gaffigan. Or he does look like Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan makes you laugh again. 
Who's that from? He said that. <laughs> That's from Jim Gaffigan. Incredible. That's how I remember his last name. <laughs> I've never heard that. Um, also, with the the slew of military guys that we get is uh, a quick snapshot of Stryker mm-hmm. and a mention of his son, William, that is completely disregarded, which I thought was interesting, that... Um, Charles is like, oh, you're thinking of your son William, but I'm not worried about that. And then like switches to like nukes, and I'm like, but did does that mean he knows that William is also a mutant? That that's what Stryker is like thinking about? Well, I actually, is, Do you know what I mean? Is Stryker the? Oh no! See, I thought the same thing. The the other one, that's Jason. He's uh. the son. This is like fuck is William. This is the dad of the dad from the original movies. Oh, and then it's William Stryker is the one. Yeah. Oh, interesting. There's still a a wing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then oh, that's interesting. I get really confused when I try to remember like what they do with Stryker in in these movies because there's the Stryker from the original, and then there's another Stryker in uh, X Men Origins, and then there's another Stryker. In Days of Future Past, and I think they kind of leave him in the lurch after that because they're like, "We're not doing this shit again." And then what? Who's Peter Dinklage in the next movie? Trask, which is we his also name? got a Trask in the original series. Yes, uh, in like X two, yeah, but like kind of different. Or was it, maybe that was uh, the Last Stand? It was one of those. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I can't think about the continuity from this point. It doesn't matter because again, I don't. I don't think he. I don't think uh, Matthew Vaughn really had that in mind at all. He was kind of like laying some groundwork, but like not anything like really. Well, Stryker is a direct reference to X three. Yeah, yeah. So I think he definitely was doing that. Well, Stryker was in. Was Stryker in all of them? No. But the son was only in X three. But I thought Stryker was in the other movies too. I don't know. They mention him. Okay. Because Wait, of really? Wolverine. Yeah. I think I he's he... in two and three, maybe. Okay, yeah, I think you're right. The first one is all Magneto and Rogue. Yeah. And a different congressperson. A lot of politics and military stuff in these well, movies. it tracks. Like we said, political allegory. You know, it's right for it. They're a good enemy. Also, like, <laughs> is it me? Or I know it's, like, the setting and stuff, but, like, a lot of, a lot of Bond vibes. Yeah. A yeah, lot of Bond the vibes. Boat and the, the boat. The submarine secret. attached to the bottom of the boat. I was like, all right. This I is, know. We're all in. It's it's very Cold War. Yeah, I love it. I'm I'm into it. I think it's a really fun thing to play around with. And when I was I was just like I like to do a cursory Google of movies that we watch, and I, you know, I look up uh, what people were talking about on Reddit. You know, uh, however long ago it was when this movie came out, eleven years ago, and just see like what what they thought. And a lot of people, uh, wrongly I think, were like this movie focused too much on like a real world event. And they could have done something like more original to the comics, but I think for what he was oh, like doing Bay of Pigs or whatever, yeah, like really tying it into Cold War stuff. I thought Very that was really James cool. James Bond, yeah, definitely James Bondish. I liked it, yeah. yeah, and it was still like alt history, yeah. Like, um, there's something else I was gonna say with that that it just flew out of my mind, but maybe I'll think of it. Bond stuff. I don't know. Michael Fassbender is James Bond. I've seen that before. He's too old now. Ugh, he would have been a good James Bond. Oh, I didn't know he was married to Alicia Vikander. I did know that, I think. 
I also, um, thinking about the other people in this movie, Kevin Bacon, for one, mm-hmm. our Bond villain, I think Kevin Bacon is a really underrated actor. Like, people always just think, oh, it's Kevin Bacon. Like, he has that status. But he was, like, really good in this. And I wasn't the whole time thinking, oh, this is Kevin Bacon. I was just like, this is a great character. And I don't know. I just, I have a real soft spot for Kevin Bacon. I've heard him on some podcasts. Of course. And I just think he's a genuinely really cool down-to-earth person he cares more about being in his band with his brother than he does about acting and i love that for him cool guy i i also uh i think his uh career has been ruined by the six degrees of kevin bacon right that's what i mean like everyone just thinks of that and like kevin bacon yeah and he's he's just he's delightful and now that he's going to be in the guardian's of the Galaxy Holiday Special as himself, I hope they squeeze in a, a joke about this movie. You know why would they? Because why not? Because is that I, out? Because by I the kindly way? asked for it. It's coming out like next week or something. I saw um, the head of DC uh, <laughs> tweeting about it. <laughs> James Gunn. Oh. In case you don't know. Still, I love that. I love that. That's a thing now. All right, let's. Can we talk about Eric more? Let's talk about Eric, please. I've been dying to talk about Eric. <laughs> I feel like I haven't said enough. No, um, never. Really, again, just talking about his origin story, y'all. Uh, really like how weak he is. That he doesn't have a good grasp of his powers. Like he can't do the submarine because how I think of Magneto is like can move any metal, like no matter how heavy, like without trying, mm-hmm. which I think is. Part of the charm of the first movies is that he he is a over-the-top villain. But getting it in this movie, and then obviously like that's also part of his journey is working with Charles um, on that. And Charles creates his own, literally his own worst enemy by unlocking that with him. Um, I just love how this first scene of him in the water, he's like, He's he's pretty weak. I yeah. mean, he's still very strong for like a mutant, but in terms of what we know, Magneto turns into. No, totally. It's, um, it's kind of wild. Yeah, I agree. Because yeah, we spent so much time in the original trilogy seeing him as like this world-ending threat, which he was. Yeah, and going back and seeing him now is kind of it's a bit jarring. And also, like, I felt like that moment where Charles is being the one to like stop him from destroying the submarine like at the cost of his own life that like set that sets the tone for their entire relationship it's their meet cute he's like i like yes i'm gonna die but like fuck you like stop stop stopping me that's this whole thing is like i don't like when you like nobody likes it when he's but he really doesn't like it well actually no i think like it changed him like forever because this is Maybe the most romantic story ever told in a comic book movie is Charles <laughs> and Eric. I'm serious. Like when I I'm my notes, I'm just going all over the place with the, them. But go nuts. the last scene on the beach, he's cradling him and he's like they're speaking to each other so like lovingly and again, there's a Harry Potter quote that came to mind which isn't exactly like the right characters because it's Dumbledore and Fudge, but Dumbledore, <laughs> Dumbledore says this like really beautiful line where he's like, um, "You, um, 
you're going to do what you think is right, and I'm going to do what I think of is right, and we've met this is now a parting of the ways. And like, that's like what this moment is between them. And it's like, it almost makes me cry thinking about it because they both like want to be on the same team so badly, but they, they don't want the same thing, which is what Charles says. And it all starts with this scene. And he's like, you know, he's like, you're not alone, Eric. And I just, I just love it so much. This is why I like X-Men. This, this right here yeah, is why yeah. I like X-Men. Yeah, that's the emotional heart of this series. I actually thought you were going to quote Heat for a minute there. You're going to do what it you're going to do. It basically is. It's the same thing. And they also have this a relationship. X-Men First Class is literally Heat. You're going to do what you're going to do. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm just saying uh, Al Pacino is Magneto. <laughs> And then Magneto's looking at uh, Mystique, and he's like, she's got a great ass. <laughs> and yes, this Michael Fassbender is Pacino in this, even though that's a little bit backwards. And De Niro is, oh, okay. Yeah, this is now a Heat podcast. <laughs> Look, let's let's stay on track, babe. Why don't you talk for a little bit? I've just been gushing. Um, okay, well, I mean, you got the, I think you have the superior notes for this. My next note was about uh, Charles just casually outing Nicholas Holt in front oh, of yeah. in front of Oliver Babish, Mr. White House Counsel himself. Which, if you don't know who Oliver Platt is, uh, go watch The West Wing. Did you just call him Oliver Babish? That's his character on um, is The West his Wing. Is name Oliver in The West Wing? I think it is. I think it is because. Uh, uh, binging with Babish, famous YouTuber, named himself after Well, I know Babish, character. yeah. And I, I believe a famous YouTuber, Binging with Babish's Reddit username is Oliver Babish. I love Oliver Platt so much, and I forgot he was in this, and anytime he pops up in something, I'm delighted. Oh, yeah. he's a He was a great pick. Uh, very sad that he got dropped uh, hundreds of feet from I the also forgot that he died. Landed on the pavement. You know, he, my boy didn't deserve that. But uh, talking about the the... Uh, queerness allegory, definitely yeah. a big moment here. <laughs> I was like, "Come on, man!" Like, he just like read his mind and like said that shit out loud. Like, you got to be careful. You're lucky that uh, Platt was. I mean, he already knew that Platt was on board with mutants, but still, not cool. Did you just love uh, Nicholas Holt? That's your. That's one of your faves. I'm a big fan of Nicholas Holt. Yeah, he was. He was really good in this, and I. I think he's a. He's a strong point um, throughout these movies, too. Uh, I don't know what people felt about Kelsey Grammer as Beast in X-Men The Last Stand, but, you know, he wasn't really a big part of things, and I thought it was cool that they brought him in at the ground level for this series. He he deserves that. And he stays, like... Yeah, he's, he's important. He's really important. For everything. Um, and I think him growing with this character... They, they take it in a different direction, which yeah. I like. Yeah, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the the quality of the characters in this series it is at its highest peak in first class, and then the characters that are introduced in first class stay at the highest level of quality throughout the series. The further it goes and the more characters that they introduce, they like don't have the time to kind of like simmer. Like Jean Grey. Like Jean Grey. Like the young version of Cyclops. What like what young version of Cyclops? He's like barely in it. <laughs> exactly. So like not not great, but like they definitely gave a lot of time for this. And like honestly, I had forgotten about like 
how Beast, like, develops in this movie. Like, when they did, like, I have basically prehensile toes. Like, I thought... You mean hands for feet? Yes. Like, I thought that was basically his character, Hank, being like, I'm going to show you, like, a bit of my power, but not fully transform. And then I was like, oh, wait, like, yeah, he wasn't like that until he took the thing. I knew that he took the thing to, and he turned blue, but I also thought that his... Um, state before he could like turn into a beast that wasn't blue but just like get big yeah kind of like hulk out i forgot that it was just the feet and i'm like dude you really ducked up you could have kept those feet hidden if that's what could've was important to you. I had no idea when you were like no socks. one gave a shit no one knew for however long like why was he so concerned about it? he's like i can't go to the beach i know they really like height <laughs> like harpened on the fact that you know, they were all making fun of him and like that it was obviously very sensitive to him. But I was like, is this realistic? Like this other dude, they had to break out of prison because he couldn't be around people. And he's making fun of Hank for being like a bozo or whatever. Yeah, he's calling him like a clown or whatever. I was like, all right, buddy. Like, I was like, you're going to make fun of his um, mutant genetics things or whatever. Or like I don't know. Hot calling the kettle black. It was a little contrived to make him be like, I got to take this. Yeah, it felt like the like the whole like cure thing from the last stand with Rogue, which made a lot more sense um, than, you know, it, it feels like literally the same thing to me. Like, take well, this and you'll be more socially acceptable. But like, yeah, like Rogue, her power is literally like killing people. Yeah, I mean, that one, slightly different because it's taking away your power. I know, but, but like, Nicholas Holt just has, like, gross-looking feet. We all have gross-looking feet. Just keep your socks on. Um, <laughs> I really did not like looking at the, <laughs> the hands for feet. It did kind of um, make so me a little... you were on his side then. <laughs> You're like, yeah, take that shit. Um, I thought the mutant recruiting montage is very fun. Uh, I I, like, find, like, the high point of this movie to be, like, those, like, sequences where Matthew Vaughn was clearly having a good time. The cinematographer was having a good time doing, like, the split panel, like, the split screen. It felt like they were the using iMovie. Stuff. <laughs> to me, like, I'm I'm a big fan. I liked it. I already talked about 24 once this episode, but 24 would do that all the time, if you remember. I don't know if that's, like, the height of... No, it's, it's not, but it's fun. <laughs> cinematography. Like, in 24 would do it, it was very different. Like, 24 yeah. would do it when people were doing the same thing. And, you know, there's always, like, a, a bomb timer going off. But, like... Well, it feels like James Bond, too. Yeah. The same, For me, it was thing. in those moments, Matthew Vaughn was like, this is a comic book adaptation, so I'm going to have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. And I don't know how many of our listeners have watched uh, The Warriors, and more accurately, like, the director's Warriors. cut of The Warriors. Come out and play <laughs> The director's cut or whatever i don't I know even Mike know what it's Baltz called has. That. yeah Shout out. <laughs> i know you're listening um the like director's cut version of it does like these scene transitions where and that's not even based on the comic book but it would like kind of like freeze frame do it as like a comic book like drawing like pull yeah. out and then like go to another frame and i like i love that shit it's so fun i and would love to see a comic book movie that does that i feel like um Maybe well, we haven't watched it. We'll probably watch it eventually. But the Ang Lee version of the Hulk, like the 2003 Hulk, I, f- I think it might do some stuff like that. I it doesn't do that, but I think the movie that I thought of was like 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 a Scott Pilgrim kind of has that illustration mm-hmm. feel. 
I think Scott Pilgrim might do that. It's been a while. They though. might do something. Yeah, we could technically do Scott Pilgrim on this. I podcast. thought it was on our list. Well, um, Kick Asses, which also has like a very, like, yeah, I feel like I'm watching a comic. Feeling. Absolutely. Well, all, I was gonna say also, like, love that montage. I had kind of forgotten about Wolverine being in there. I have always remembered that scene. It's my favorite Wolverine scene ever. Also, like, great. Best movie that Wolverine is in (laughs) is First Class. (laughs) We're going to come back to that after we watch Logan. Um, (laughs) The uh, also, like, just incredible use of fuck for a PG 13 movie. Like, if anyone's going to do that, yeah. Yeah. Like, let him have it. They didn't need more. They. And honestly, like, I hadn't even thought about it before, but, like, when I said that, the next time that they say that, if I remember, or I'm just forgetting the other mentions, in Dark Phoenix, and it's really bad, because they let, I think they let Cyclops say it, and he's like, I will fucking kill you, and it's so bad, so bad. This was this was deserved, and fun moment. I can't even think about that movie, Griff. I know, that's that's a long way away. <laughs> um, my only other comment, like, on this montage is that I'm like all of these characters are completely irrelevant by the next movie like none of these guys matter I don't even think we we, t- we mentioned it, I asked but like I don't even think Emma Frost is like a player in Days of Future Past. oh yeah I was going to look that up um I well Days of Future Past is set up so differently because they start out in the future Days of Future Past um so yeah, I, I forgot. I haven't seen Days of Future Past since like 2015, and I'd only seen it I think once before then, or not at all. Um, it would have it only just came out. Well, it came out in 2014, so I don't. And we yeah, didn't see I don't it in think. Theaters um, together, so I think I've only seen it one time, and I really liked it. So I'm like worried that I'm <laughs> like I have it in such high regard in my memory. Yeah, mentally for me, it's like, well, until I saw Logan, Days of Future Past was like the last like good X Men movie. Although I remember you liking Apocalypse more than I did. Yeah, but I don't think it'll hold up when I watch it again. I think I might have had what you normally have, which is... Uh, Recency bias. Yeah, or like movie theater bias. We'll also watch The New Mutants, but nobody liked The New Mutants. So that's not going <laughs> to that's not gonna be uh, buying for the top spot. Kind of during this like montage thing, or actually I think right before we were talking about Beast... They're doing this whole thing with, like, Raven and Beast. You know, obviously, that's the whole thing is, like, she's like, oh, yeah, I want to be normal. And then her whole thing ever since then is, like, no, I don't don't want to be normal. Yeah, But, like, and he says this. He's like, you can can appear normal anytime you want. So why would, what would getting that uh, shot do for her? Like, it's already what she can do. Like, that, to me, felt so contrived. Like, I feel like from the beginning, that should have been her relationship with Beast is her being like... I don't want to do that. Yeah. Like, I feel like I have to. Yeah. And, like, you don't want to be like me. Like, you don't want to have to, like... you. It's better to show who you really are, and I wish I had to or something like that. I don't know. I feel like they could have done something different there because her pretending... Or not pretending, but, like, you know, saying that that's what she wanted, I was like... I. Is anyone believing this? Right. And then, like, we, the more it goes, like, we get into, like, like, what, what's, what, uh, stood out to me was when 
Eric is like yeah. when you're using half of your focus to like maintain this image, like you're losing focus on everything. I thought else. that was good. Yeah. yeah, and I don't remember catching that before. I was like, oh yeah, of course. Like that takes that's energy, and that's like that's mind power going into like maintaining this facade. But yeah, I I agree overall. Also, did you notice anything about the end of the train or not the training montage, the like, recruitment montage when they're sitting on the steps in DC? No. Eric and Charles. What did they? They're playing chess. Oh well, yeah, I did. I did notice that. Well, no, I noticed that they were playing chess when they were um, like in the in the house, like in the X mansion, talking yeah. to each other. But yeah, they were having their little theoretical Love. chat over a game of chess, chess on the steps of the monument. Classic. Who brought that chess set out there? Um. My next note, I'm, I think I, I feel like I skipped. I don't know. Oh, well, I have one that's closer. I The the part where they're, like, giving each other, like, their, like, alter ego names. Oh, yeah. It, like, for me, like, totally straddles the line of, like, this is funny. It's also, like, a little bit too on the nose. But I, I do think it was the intention to be, like, we're not even going to do this. Like, we're not going to, like, they still did, like, the... I prefer Magneto. I thought it was funny when it was just Jennifer Lawrence being like, uh, all right, you're Professor X and you're Magneto. And he's like, okay. yeah, it's such like a throwaway line. I liked it. I thought it was cute. Yeah. And it felt natural for them to be like, we should have like, code yes, because they were like the, the rookies and, and it felt very much like Charles and Eric would not come up with names like no, that. They wouldn't. So it was like fun that. And they're, they're being spoil sports along with Moira. I mean, they are on a brink of a nuclear war. It makes sense. I do like Rose Byrne in this movie a lot. Yeah, very, like, low-key. Yeah. Cool inclusion, though. I just like Rose Byrne as an actress. So. Yeah, I feel like I only remember her from Bridesmaids, which only came out, like, right after this, yeah. actually. And she's a huge asshole in Bridesmaids. She's a delight. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, this is, like, kind of a cool role for her. But mm-hmm. what happened to Moira? She's in, she's at least in Days of Future Past. I feel like they kind of gave her like a, uh, like a scrap of a part in one of the other ones, but like they moved so far away from like the political part in the later movies. But what about romance? I mean, obviously we know where Charles's heart really lies. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, my next part is like when they go to Russia and they interrogate Emma Frost. Yeah. Well, I had, I don't, I don't know where I'm at in the They were going back and forth. Um, the only, we, we just, you just mentioned like the being on the threat of nuclear war. I'm like, Sebastian Shaw and Kevin Bacon by proxy is a great villain, very intimidating presence. Uh, I don't know what the appeal is of living in a post-nuclear apocalypse is. It's like, I know that the mutants can survive it, but, like, it's what? gonna... What? I don't know what you're saying. With the, he, like, has this thing where he's like, what, like, we, we can start nuclear war and we'll survive it and it'll make us stronger because we can live through it. And it, like, shows, like, an image of, like, DC, like, post-nuclear war and, like, all the mutants there. But I'm like... Yeah, you're going to be living like a fucking trash heap. No, like but I think the whole thing is he's going to absorb the nuclear bomb. Oh. That's his plan. Is that? Okay. 
fine. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> that's what I was going to talk about is this is, to me, the I love this movie, but this is the worst fucking part of this whole movie is when he reads uh, her mind and they show the map with the bombs going across. And I'm like, this is so dumb, this depiction of nuclear war. Like, why is this the okay. way that you I'm had to war describe games. this? Like... I hated it so much. <laughs> I was like, this movie is so good and it holds up, <laughs> that, but this is so corny. It fucked it up. No, it, it yeah. didn't mess up the whole movie. Know, it just, just like kidding. was so like it it stood out as like this doesn't hold up. Yeah, because like to be honest with you, there there have been like depictions of nuclear war in other movies that like are like haunting, as it should be. Like, I haven't even seen I haven't even seen all of Terminator 2. Like, it's a 2. cartoon map. Right. Yeah, it looked like something out of, like, I don't even know. But, yeah, like, hand-drawn, like, very weird. Like, I haven't watched all of Terminator 2 Judgment Day, okay? It's something that I need to rectify. But I, there's, like, a scene that's, like, like a nuke going off. And that shit's, like, horrifying. And that's, like, we have to stop that at all costs. I don't... What? How does he sound? That, I wasn't doing an Arnie I impression. Like, I can't do it. Okay. We're all waiting. I can't. I like everyone at home. I've done this. I have done this before on the pod, and it was bad. I cannot do it again. Okay. Um. Sounds like you're about to. Sounds like you're about to. Can't do it. Nope. 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 Um. My note for this said weak sauce. Actually, specifically, I just felt like I needed to read that out. (laughs) That's bad. And then we get this scene where, in my memory, like, half of the people died, not just Darwin. Yeah. Uh, Is there a scene in the next one where Magneto, like, kills a bunch of people? Well, I don't know if it's Magneto or not, but, like, there's, like, a billion people that die in Days of Future Past. Like, they're just, like, they take all the side characters and just mow them down with the big robots. Because it doesn't matter. They, like, reset the timeline after yeah. that. But... No, that's know. not what I'm thinking of. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just remembered more people dying and being, like, really upset about it, which it – Darwin's death is horrible. Yeah, and then, like, people on the internet have historically, when talking about first class, people like this movie. Don't get me wrong, but they're like, why did they have to single out and kill Darwin, the, the mutant whose ability is to not die? Like, right. this whole thing is adapting. It's like there's no reason that he couldn't have adapted to that. Why did he right. explode? He could have just like done something. I don't know. It's this fucking it's this mutation. I'm like, why did they why they kill him? I also like that actor. I know. He was cool. He was on Justified for four episodes, and then he was like, fuck this, I quit. I also feel like I get that they're all like young and scared and inexperienced, but like they don't attempt to do anything until Angel's like, I'm going with them, and then they're like, I guess we're gonna fight. Yeah, they were, like, they were not interested at all. They were, like, yeah, that, I don't know. I feel like Alex would have. Yeah, but no. Yeah, like, I I actually thought he was going to, and then I was very surprised when he didn't. Yeah, I don't don't know about that. The whole, like, defecting thing, I was, like, I... Also, I think it's ducked up that Angel saw what went down, saw Darwin get murdered in that way, and was, like, I'm still in. Yeah, like, they kind of did a shot where it was, like, oh, 
like, uh-oh, like, maybe I fucked up. No, not a single moment of reflection after that. She was all in. Whatever. <laughs> um, but then we get, which is, I love this anytime we get it, love a training montage. We're now in, we're now in the montage. house, we're in the mansion. Which, uh, you make a good point about, unless there's something that we seriously missed, why Charles Xavier is a rich young British lad living in New England. Su- he's in it's like Westchester, New York. Yeah. Or like yeah. Like like how did that happen? I I don't know. And as far as I know, like in the movies we don't get that background. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter, but now I have to look it up. Um I love that they have matching sweatshirts, sweatsuits. <laughs> yeah, I was like this is the new uh X-Men uniform, just matching gray sweatsuits. <laughs> Love it. Um, these are just, like, all of my notes on the montage. Hank is excellent in this movie. Charles is such a good teacher, it literally makes me emotional. That was another time I almost cried, was just watching him teach all of these young people, like, how to be in touch with their powers. And it was, like, I just loved it so much. That's his best trait. It really like he is. He just knows how to, uh, for the most part, he knows how to like empathize and be like, "You're one, you're not alone. Two, like I can help you get better at this." And I believe in you. That's his whole thing. Is like no one has ever said that to any of these people. They felt like they were the only ones, and he's like, "You're not the only one." And I believe that you can do this thing. Yeah. And I, it's powerful stuff, Greg. It is. It's it's validation. Yeah, Did I, you find what you were looking for? Hmm. I thought you were about to look up something. Oh, yeah, I was looking up the uh, Charles Xavier's uh, fictional character biography. The on Wikipedia, it just said that like he was he was born in New York City, um, but he attended college at the University of Oxford. It doesn't even say that his family was like British. I feel like they just had Patrick Stewart, so then they were like, I guess we'll continue that. I, I think that's all it was. It really doesn't matter. I was I but I was curious because I honestly I never even thought about it. I was like, this makes complete sense. Of course the superheroes have to be based out of New York. That's just par for the course. That's one thing that they're gonna have to reckon with when they if they ever like bother to do like the full like academy in the MCU is like Oh, yeah, like, there's this big-ass mansion that was down the street from the Avengers headquarters, but we never bothered to look at what was going it on It was there. a school, Griff. Why would they think anything other than that? You make a good point. It's for Easy. Mis- it's for misfits. Plot hole filled. Literally, that is their whole, no, like, No, no, yeah, ruse. you're right. You're right. Except for the giant airplane coming out of the basketball court. Yeah. Black Adam. <laughs> Yeah, the Justice Society. Uh, oh, shit, what was I going to say? Training oh, montage, sweatsuits. Well, yeah, the training montage was great. You know, love seeing uh, Charles and Eric's different approach to how to train people, you know, pushing, uh, I just forgot Banshee. his name Pushing Banshee off of the satellite dish, you know. He's my favorite of the side characters. Oh, yeah, he was great. Um, yeah, he... For for those guys, he he like stood out to me. Alex was nothing. I kept thinking Alex Ryder. Yes. Also, I don't know why. Why not? I mean, like, kind of like a 
a, a grumbly, edgy-looking teenager. Sure. Yeah, but he was... I, I mean, I still enjoyed him, and his training was the most satisfying, like, yeah. how hard he worked. And, and this guy, he's Cyclops' brother, and I forget how they introduced uh, that. Oh, really? Yeah. But they, I don't think they introduce it in the movies, do they? They do. I remember it in Apocalypse. It's, like, a thing. They're, like, at the... X-Mansion, it's one of the scenes with Quicksilver. That's retconned because they oh, definitely yeah, have Cyclops, like, being on his own. Oh, yeah. Like, again, doesn't, like, I don't think it was a well-thought-out thing at all. I think, I have a feeling that when they were doing this, they were like, we could do Cyclops again, or we could get this other guy who also shoots energy, but not out of his eyes. Yeah, and I, I we already talked about this, but I was like, I just, I won't get sick of the the back and forth, like, moral quandary between Eric and Charles. It's so good. And I actually, like, you know, the the peace was never an option quote is great. Also has been, like, memed to death has in the it? last 10 years. And I was like, wait, this is what it's from? Yeah, if you look it up, there's, like, a billion, like, uh, memes and, like, stickers that people have made of, like, a goose carrying something that's, like, peace was never an option. And I oh, instead of like a dove, I don't even know like where it started, like how the how the goose ended up. <laughs> it's just like a, a goose carrying a, a, a knife. knife. Uh, I think it's making fun of a dove with the olive branch. Yeah, that would make sense. That would make sense. Um, but yeah, so after seeing it as a meme for so long, I just forgot that it came from. This. I didn't know that was. But a meme. in context, really good because honestly, it's kind of right. Right. Well, that's the thing with Magneto. Well, he's, he's right. Yeah, he's always proven right. And it's up to Charles to be like, you're right, but... We're better than the them. Ends, the ends don't justify the means, so, yeah, we got to be the better person. And I just, I buy that. I buy that struggle. Yes, for sure. And I feel like younger... Me as a younger person, definitely always sided with Charles, like, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And, like, the more cynical you get, the more you, like, agree with Magneto and his approach and being, like, we shouldn't be the bigger person. Like, we should do whatever we have to do to survive. Yeah. And to be on top. Like, Not I, just survive, be, like... Yeah, I agree. It's it's oppressor. when you get to, like, the, the mutant supremacy thing that I'm, like... Uh, but right. Like, but, yeah, again, like, time and time again, he's proven to be correct because in all of these movies, humanity does like the the worst possible option every time right when it's like you um you you know you either die the hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the oppressor Mm -hmm. (laughs) um that's like eric's dream um and i i have like bullets points in my notes about eric more more about eric um and just like him turning into kevin bacon's character yeah and how kind of messed up that is. Like, this is somebody that you hate and think did a horrible thing, and yet that is who you've become, which is how I always end up back on Charles' side. Yeah. It's like, y- yes, like, you shouldn't allow someone to treat you the way that you were treated, and what does that say about you if you're going to do the same thing? Yeah. Like Eric is like, I hate what you did to me, but your worldview is my worldview. Yeah. It's so Which, and like he, complicated. He, and he grapples with that too. He's like, yes. He's like, I agree with you, but also like, you know, yeah, maybe if like 
yeah, if, if it wasn't for the fact that, like, he was participating in the Holocaust and, like, personally killed his mom, they probably would have allied at some point. Yeah. But it was because he had personally... He says, you killed my mom. Right. It was only because he had personally... Her name was Martha. It Jesus wasn't. Christ. But that, that Why'd you say that name? It reminded me of that scene. I was like, is Henry Cavill in the submarine right now? You know what it reminded You killed my mom. Oh, Robert Downey Jr. Yep, that's what I was gonna say. It reminded me of that. It's like, I don't care, he killed my mom. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Totally. I couldn't I couldn't remember it though, and I was only thinking of Henry Cavill, but you're right. It's and that's definitely. totally that. I mean, not really the same, like it in is terms the of same. like But you know, Tony Stark's not trying to like uh you know, go to world domination. It was mostly just like ignoring. I can't be like, rational because right you in killed that my moment. mom. It's like yeah. that doesn't matter until I, until I get retribution for that. I would say different uh, killings of the moms. Like I think Eric has more of a leg to stand on than Tony does. I mean, yeah, totally. but I can't. I can't go back down that path. <laughs> no, enough is enough. Anyway, I just thought that, um, like, leaning into that, that. Uh, shit like the the mental back and forth that magneto goes through and like even like carrying it all the way through to like charles being like those men on the ships are just like doing what they're like they're just following i know it was the literally the worst thing he could have said dude come on like and i don't even know i don't think you know charles doesn't know eric's history yes he does does he well, he says, "I know." Oh, well, because I know everything about you. Duh. Yeah, but like, I was like, "Come on!" Like, he's some, like, "I know more about you than you know." Like, no, no tact, no tact, Charles. But that's it's showing. You know, I hate to just say the obvious, but he's that's his privilege that he's once again showing, and like to Eric, that just like further hones in like why Charles will never understand because he grew up the way he grew up and. Yep. Obviously, Eric grew up the way he grew up. Yeah, totally. Um, so anyway, these are the ways that Eric turns into Kevin Bacon. Um, I don't kill my own. This is a big thing that when I this is a big thing for Magneto, and it's a, kind of a small line for uh, for Shaw. Yeah, for Shaw. Kevin. I'm Kevin Bacon. The yeah. the, uh, the bad guy, Kevin Bacon. Um, after I was just saying, he didn't seem like Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yes, so Shaw says at the beginning of the movie, like, you know, we don't we don't hurt our own, even though he does kill Darwin. But that but that's kind of my point is that Eric is like, we don't kill other mutants except when I except when I want to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um like which when, it, when it works for Eric what I Eric does time and time again, like his whole thing is like, I want mutant I, I wanna protect mutants, which is where Voldemort reference comes in, because Voldemort's like I don't want to kill like pure blood wizards, but I will if I have to. Looking at you, Neville. <laughs> um, and then like just them both like wanting a war. Mm-hmm. Like Kevin Bacon Shaw wants it for I think to get the power of the nuclear bomb. Um, and then Eric just wants it because he wants to rule over everyone. Um, the helmet. Yeah. <laughs> Which. I gotta say, really convenient, like, hand-waving of, like, yeah, the Russians built this thing. Like, I don't need an explanation for it. Why would they have thought to build that? Almost worse that they even justified it with a line. Just be like, yeah, I don't know how we got this. I'm like, why are the Russians building something to resist telepathy? That doesn't make any fucking sense. 
And just, I think their approach to mutants in general is very similar. Um, but we already kind of talked about, but those are the bullet points I wrote down when we were going through. No, really interesting way of looking into it. I mean, yeah, down to him, like even just like that helmet becomes like his, his motif. Oh yeah. Oh, sorry. The other thing was like the way that they both use torture and murder without like real concern. Yeah. Like it's just like, what what needs to be done and like no remorse. Yeah. And I, I actually think that, I think that's consistent with Eric's slash Magneto's character, but I would think that what he has been through, that he would view that differently, but he doesn't. No. Well, it's like for him, it's justified. It's always, he always mentally justifies whatever he does because to him, it's like the, he's taking the good path. And it doesn't matter. He's like, I'm, it's like, yeah, I might be torturing somebody to like a questionable end, but like they're bad people. Yeah. That's where he's more like Grindelwald than Voldemort. Right. So like, you know, there's moments where like Magneto's like doing, you know, when he like kills Shaw by slowly moving a coin through his brain where, you know, in, in a context where it was like, I mean, obviously Shaw is like an unequivocally bad dude, but you know, if he was, if Magneto is the hero of his own movie, you know, that's like a badass action hero moment. Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna like use the coin that I've been carrying around as a memento of like my mom's death and my struggling in the Holocaust to kill this guy. That's like hell yeah, like you kill that Nazi. Like that's like a badass yeah. moment. Yeah, but it's well, framed. that's why in the beginning he's like the good guy. Exactly, yeah. and it's framed with like. In, without, in a vacuum, without the added context of, like, Charles being there and being like, please don't. Like, that's a that's a badass moment, like, an, an earned for Eric, and that's how he sees it. And, like, he doesn't want to hear Charles being like, don't do that. Because yeah. for him, it's just like, this is, like, deserved. Like, but we're is- still, I mean, I think collectively, I, we're still, like, with Charles being like, we shouldn't it's not kill worth all it. these people. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, and I'm not on... Magneto decided to like turn the rockets around and kill everybody on the ships. I'm not mad about him killing Shaw though. No, I'm not mad. He should but, kill Shaw. But yeah, but even then, like Charles is like, don't do it. And like sometimes, you know, they they have to do this where it's like Charles might be like I do think Eric is like you know maybe don't go down the path of revenge. That's the classic story. But like I'm not mad that he killed that guy. That's he needed to die. Like, like that guy was a problem. Not that guy was a problem. <laughs> even let's say he wasn't going after revenge. Like he was just trying to stop this person. Like yeah. like that. That's either way. That's where we're getting into Batman territory. Of like don't kill this I guy know. for the sake of not killing him. I'm like, well, look, world's a better place without Sebastian Shaw in it. Yeah. But they do a really good job of like, yeah, you you are siding with Magneto. But it's also like the classic thing in any movie, not just superhero movies. Like it's like you have like the the sidekick or like the friend that just goes a little bit too far, and that starts to like that's distance. like classic comic. Yep, it's like oh like we don't do things that way. It's like well fuck you, I'm gonna go do it my own way. That's why they're such good lovers. Yep. And I'm not sure if I already mentioned it, but just to cap that off, him killing Shaw by slowly pushing a coin through his head is both like satisfying revenge and also concerningly villainous. <laughs> I was so worried that Charles was like in his head because like, I think he's like feeling that. Yeah, you were like, get out. Like, <laughs> you know what's going to happen. 
Just vacate the premises, Charles. Yeah. It's not worth it. That part made me uncomfortable, but yeah, it was like, it was intense. Yeah, cool moment though. Shows you how powerful Eric can be. For sure. As if lifting the submarine up wasn't wasn't enough. It wasn't. This was more powerful <laughs> to me. That's, I mean, yeah. Because he's also like kind of fighting Charles in that moment. That's true, yeah. Although he's got the helmet on. Yeah. When he puts on that helmet though, it's game over. It is game over. Um, I want to kind of go backwards. I just reviewed some of my notes and I forgot to mention some things. Well, we've been all over the place yeah. anyway this episode, so let's just keep it going. So I really want to go back to like end of the training montage and like the whole serum business. Yeah. Because I, I, we talked about it a little bit, but I just wanted to talk about like what would have happened, do you think, to Mystique if she had taken the serum? Because it, like, didn't work on Hank, or at least not the way he intended it to. The way that he described it, like, failing, was that it didn't, like, eliminate the cells. It, like, multiplied them, right? Yeah. So, like, I have no idea. Like, I don't know if there's, like, a one-to-one translation. Well, yeah, I think her like, genetics would have reacted differently to it. It would have made her more blue. <laughs> like, I don't know. Or not, or, like, it might have worked on her, but what if she just, like, kept phasing like every time she saw somebody she would change into them yeah it wouldn't have been good it would not have been good and i just think there's like an irony in the fact that hank is creating all of these different inventions for everybody and they all work except for his that's and like it there's like a gag almost where he's like i don't know the probability and like every time charles is like shut up Hank, like, yeah. don't say anything because it was making everyone nervous. And then, like, he went in with his, like, with the most confidence, like, yeah. didn't waver. And, like, Charles is, like, lifting everyone up. But, like, he, like, Charles isn't really a part of that conversation when it comes to Hank. He was talking to Mystique about it, which is kind of interesting. Like, I wonder what he would have told Hank. I don't know. I mean, I guess he kind of did. I think he's excited about, like, any kind of, like, technology, I guess. But I don't know. I don't know. Because I, I don't really know, like, what his... I mean, I think he would have told Hank to, to go through with it. I think he would have encouraged him because that's basically what he was doing for... Mystique. See, I think he wouldn't have encouraged Hank. I think no? he has a weird relationship with Mystique. Yeah, that's with true. Raven. That's true. That I think he's going to treat her differently yeah. no matter what. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Because, like, honestly, I kind of forget about it. But, like, obviously, they, they haven't been, they haven't known each other for that long, Charles and Hank, in this movie. Right. Like, they're they're, they're new about to become so best maybe he friends. Maybe he would have advised caution. Yeah. Or just. Well, and because he's, like, building up everyone else's confidence about their own powers. Yeah. So it's. Yeah, I don't know. It's definitely, I would, I would almost argue, like, out of character that he tells Raven not to, to take it. Yeah. Yeah, well, but like you said, like, their relationship is weird. And yeah. And I think he is, like, kind of, like, ashamed of her in a way. Right. So. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. Um, and then, like, also on just, like, Mystique, and again, I, we already kind of talked about this a little bit, but just wanted to, like, hone in a little bit more, like, one, I wanted to see her become more of like a stone cold 
villain <laughs> um, in this. And then I don't like the relationship she has with Eric in this movie. Like, I don't like that they sleep together. Um, I want her to have more of a mentor relationship with him, which I think is like what it kind of becomes. But I don't, I don't even like that there's this other under like any like romantic sexual undertone you'd rather just have it be like a teacher student kind of thing or not well i don't think eric's very much teaching but like she looks up to him which i think she still does but i I mean i like it for the fact that he's like i see how beautiful you are and like yeah we're gonna fuck because of that (laughs) but um i don't know i just uh it makes me feel icky do they i don't recall if they continue that relationship in the movies or because like they kind of like separate, right? Like I feel like Mystique's kind of Yeah, well she, yeah, she kind of comes in and out, but she's definitely like devoted to him. And and obviously in like the original trilogy. Yeah. Like she's working with him for, uh, Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Well, my memory's spotty, but yeah, I don't, I feel like they, they kind of work it out to a, to a better place. Um, for like how they interact with each other, I I agree. For this, it was it's kind of weird. It kind of uh, puts like her um, allegiances into question. It's like, does she like believe in like what he's standing for, or is she just like into him romantically? Like it kind of muddles the waters. I feel like for me, I think, and I think a little bit is like I want to hurt Charles. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that that was the other thing I was gonna say about Mystique is that. Like, she gets really angry at Charles. Like, I feel like kind of out of nowhere. And, like, yes, I think we've been talking about this whole thing where he's like, yeah, you should take it. Which, like, she has every right to be angry f- at him for. But it just, like, she sleeps with Eric and then, like, comes down to the breakfast table and is like, I'm going to, like, yell at you now. And it's like, I think that's, like, how people behave. Like, I think that's very normal. But it felt weird in the movie. Well, does she start yelling at him before she uh, like goes blue mode, or does she like she like walks down there blue right? Yeah, I think it was just a test to be like, let me confirm something in my head. Like if I walk down here in my mutant like my normal form, how is Charles? Yeah, and react? he's like covered. And when he like does on. that, then she's like, all right, fuck you. I've had enough of this. Yeah. Like I'm tired no. of this, and I've just been validated by right. someone who like told me I'm beautiful. So. I was like, I will take this passive aggression. Like, I've dealt with it for my whole life, but now, like, fuck you. I'm not going to take it anymore. I I think she's... I think that the anger is definitely, like, on point. It's just, like... To me, it's, like... You've been in agreement with him this whole time. Like, you were the one that said, I want to take this serum, and he agreed. And then someone else said you shouldn't do it because you should love the way you are. And then now she's like mad that he hasn't like gone on that journey with her. Yeah. Which I think again, fair. I don't, I do think she should be mad at Charles. Like Charles is being a jerk, but I don't know. It just felt, but I think that's part of her being like naive and Mm -hmm. like not really that mature, which I think Jennifer Lawrence does well in this. She's just kind of like following, like because someone like validated her. She's like, well, I'm going to, I think that's what they're implying. Yeah. Well, and also like, I just feel like, they they did like some character turns in this that they just needed to do quickly, <laughs> just as a consequence. Like uh, Zoe Kravitz, like tur- like changing right. sides, that was done like really fast. And obviously, yeah. she's not as big of a character as Mystique is. But I think like, you're right. It did they just, just needed fast. to get her 
away from Charles and aligned with Magneto, and they that's the way they chose to do it, which is more of a pacing problem than anything else, in my opinion. They're like, we need them to have a conflict, so like make it happen. And I think there were they were like laying the groundwork the whole movie. Like she's annoyed with him oh, from yeah. the first time we see them together as adults. Yeah, for sure. Um Yeah, so maybe there isn't anything wrong with it, but I just was like I found that scene a little jarring. Yeah. Um let me think. Was there anything else? I already said I've already, like, spoiled my own Harry Potter note for the end. And <laughs> Eric, I'll just talk about it again, though. <laughs> Eric holding him so tenderly after yes. he's been shot. Like, I just, like, there. that was an intentional scene is all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was very tender. It's very gentle. An intimate moment. Between uh between lovers, one of one of whom has just been permanently paralyzed. Also, it just that scene happened so fast. Yeah, with I, Rose Byrne like shooting. They did it really well because it's like, I mean, on one hand, it's like the kind of goofy thing where it's like, oh, we have to give like this explanation for like everyone knows that he's in a wheelchair, so let's make yeah. it like, a dramatic thing for how he ends up in a wheelchair. But I like forgot. I forgot that Charles is normally in a wheelchair. Yeah. During well, this movie. For me it was like, well, I I don't, I don't know. It's it like I enjoyed how they did it, but it is funny that it's like, all right, big moment at the end. This guy gets put in a fucking wheelchair. Uh I will say done a billion times better than the weird reason they had him go bald. They should have never tried to do that. That was stupid. In Apocalypse. Because he's taking that medicine? He's like, it's either that or like when like Apocalypse is like trying to like find a new host or something and his hair fucking falls off. <laughs> like I remember, I feel like I remember him like being like in a pyramid and he's like losing his hair. Well, there's a, I can't remember which movie it is. Maybe it's Apocalypse where... He's like taking this medication to help him walk, but it's it's th- hurting his I think uh, that's days of future pa- abilities. Oh, maybe that is apocalypse. Maybe that's why. And maybe that the hair also. I remember that being really convoluted. I'm like, he doesn't have to be bald now. Like, right. just have the Patrick Stewart version be bald. <laughs> He's not that old. Just have him go balding. Yeah, James McAvoy's like, look, I'm gonna do one or the other. <laughs> you either get. My luscious locks, or I'll wear a bald cap. There's no in between. But I feel like in that the movie that I'm thinking of, he and Raven are like she's like there. She's like the one telling him, "Why are you doing this?" Wow, my memory is very fuzzy of the later X Men movies. No, I got I got nothing there. I think I remember more of Dark Phoenix than I do of Apocalypse. That was a you saw it more recently. Waste of Oscar Isaac that was. Um. I'm so sorry. Yeah, well. I don't okay. remember he got, Apocalypse. He got his redemption arc. Um, yeah, no, it, it'll be a fun ride when we get to those, for sure. A real, It's going to be a real up and down. We get to uh, Apocalypse, Logan, <laughs> Dark Phoenix. New mutants in there somewhere. Um, well, I, I stand by that I think that this was a very exciting movie, despite, like, not a lot of heavy conflict scenes. Oh, yeah, no, this one's, this one's great. I mean, I this is... Like, for me, along with the first X-Men, like, tied for, well... Tied? You think that First Class and the first X-Men movie are, like, the same caliber? No. And now that I'm saying that, I'm like, did I like X2 more than X-Men? I don't know. Either way, uh, those are, like... I mean, I think they hold up as good movies. 
in my opinion, of the X-Men universe. Um, but, you know, I will reserve any ranking until we're done watching them all again. Anything could change. I know. I can't believe that you've watched a movie that I haven't seen. That? In the X-Men may franchise. may have never happened on the pod before. Uh you also seen Joker, and I haven't. Okay, that's true. But very, both were very intentional choices not to see those movies. Correct. Correct. I And yeah, I mean, like, Joker, I saw that in the theaters. Uh, Logan, I can't say the same. I'm so sick of people telling me how much I want to like Logan, though. I'm not going to say it. Yes, y- everyone has told me that. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm not saying that. Maybe I have said it before. I'm just saying it's a good movie. I don't know if you like it, because... Uh, of your Wolverine stance, but that's going to be an interesting conversation and an interesting watch whenever we get there. That's going to be a while. We got we got a couple more movies to go. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up this episode. Yeah. Yeah, that does it for, for my notes. I think I had like one thing standing out that I think I had already talked about, but um, how I was talking about this was supposed to be the beginning of a trilogy with Days of Future Past ending. I'd forgotten that Matthew Vaughn, the director, had talked a little bit about that middle movie that probably would have been a take on Apocalypse, but different. Would have been a focus on the side characters from this movie, along with some other young X-Men versions, and they were going to recast Wolverine. Oh, my. Why would you even tell me that? It would be a different one. Maybe it might have been Tom Hardy he was being considered What? Griffin, don't don't tease me like this. Hey, it's it's blame blame whoever was running... the X-Men productions over at Fox back in the, the early aughts. They were, they were the ones they were also doing Silver Surfer. Oh, <laughs> uh, what, a, what a time that was. <laughs> oh, man. I just, like, I know we, we already mentioned this, but, like, for 2011 in comic book movies, you had this. You had Captain America, the first Avenger. You had Green Lantern. And oh, let's I'm, watch Green Lantern I'm probably next. Probably forgetting something. Uh, yeah, Green. We Lantern's have a D- we have to watch a DC movie next, so maybe it'll be Green Lantern. We yeah. don't have one planned. No, we do not. Our our calendar is actually empty right now. Um, we have this. We have the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which will probably be the the week after this. Before, oh, so we're pushing Infinity War. Oh my gosh, well, the maybe. anticipation, y'all. <laughs> you know, we're gonna we're gonna recreate that hype. Actually, you know what I saw that broke my brain? Uh, Infinity War will be five years old next year. Well. What the hell is that? We've lost a bit of time here in our pandemic. Just just like they did in the snap. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, we got a lot of stuff. Are we going to refer to the pandemic as the snap? (laughs) I Maybe. That feels, that doesn't feel. uh, Give give it enough time, you know. (laughs) That doesn't feel good, though. No, <laughs> no it doesn't. Slacking um, some tact. Well, we have a blank slate uh, besides, like, our MCU stuff coming up and the movies that are releasing next year. So if you have anything on your mind that you've been uh, dying for us to watch that we haven't gotten around to, please let us know. Hit us up on Instagram. Tell us what you think. And until next time. We are out, out of, of the, the Superverse. Super